It's Primetime Glick with Jiminy's special guests, Tim Allen. Have I done the show before? Yes, you have. We didn't use any of them. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I keep thinking of something funny that happened earlier. Oh, no, I can't. Lap. It's certainly not happening now. <laughs> Blood and Black Rum Podcast presents the Festivus Series, Year 3. Back better than ever. With your favorite Christmas movies like The Santa Claus 3. Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 5. Black Christmas, the 2019 remake you didn't ask for, and more. Tune in all December long for the Festivus series from your favorite podcast, Blood and Black Rum. Hey guys, welcome back to the Blood and Black Rum podcast. I'm Ryan from ColdSplotation.com and I'm joined by my co-host, Mark. How's it going? We're back. Uh, technically, we're actually recording this the day before Thanksgiving. But we're good Americans. <laughs> that's we right. Celebrate Christmas after, right after Halloween. That's right. Uh, we uh, already did our Thanksgiving episode, and we didn't really want to. We, we knew that this episode wasn't going to release until after Thanksgiving, and you didn't. You probably weren't going to listen to an episode on Thanksgiving. So we decided to do our Thanksgiving episode early, and then follow it up with our Christmas episode, starting the Festivus series, uh, year three, I think it is. It is the, the Festivus series. Um. So and many, so, mem- so many memories. That's right. So, so looking back, those Irishmen that died in the plane crash, uh, <laughs> in fl- flight four fifty one or whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever the number was. Uh, yeah, and and so as you, if you've been following us throughout our whole oeuvre of episodes, we we'll use that word. Um, you'll know that we routinely revisit series uh, in the Festivus series to come back to those films again. And we've already done the Santa Claus 1 and 2. So it's time to punish ourselves, self-flagellation, with the Santa Claus 3, the escape clause. We knew this was coming. We knew this day would have to happen if we didn't disband the podcast. I kind of wish we did. <laughs> Instead of having to do the Santa Claus 3, we just decided to quit. <laughs> uh, no, we knew this day was coming, and it is here. It's one of those films I think that's been lost to time and like sent into the uh, – like, you know, at the end of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, the great film archive where, you know, they're like, you know, wheeling away the uh, Ark of the Covenant in a box. Mm-hmm. I think the Santa Claus tree is like somewhere. They did in, that. They, somewhere in that warehouse too. You know? Yeah. You know what though? It, it And then you had Disney Plus that let it out. <laughs> They unvaulted it. They put everything. Yeah, well, like, everything except Song of the South. It's like the it's like the Mummy's Curse. It's gotten free. Which you no, know, actually, it's kind of funny now that I think about it. A little off topic, but Song of the South isn't on there, right? Right, that's correct. Why and not? They have. I, they, I've seen they have um, disclaimers before, like anything that might be seen as racially insensitive. Well, they've actually removed some of the more racially insensitive things from stuff that they do have on there too. So there is some edited stuff that that would otherwise have been. Uh, so what? They like Dumbo's only twenty minutes long now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that I don't. I don't remember everything. I I can't re- recall, but they did definitely edit some, certain things. Because I know I, I have seen an article where it, which said that they have, for the most part, they have a disclaimer in most of them, and saying that they're left unedited because well, this is just a product of the times. Times change, mm-hmm. um, and it would be way too daunting on our part to edit through. So just you know, yeah, this is what it is. Yeah, I mean, 
I think that they yeah, so, Song of the South is just not getting a release because it's pretty I think it's just too heavily racist. And you and know, then VHS is a kid. A lot a lot of people like can you can use the ter- the term, you know, or the phrase um, you know, times have changed. But like if you're talking you could say that in about the adventures of Huck Finn, right? Because Mark Twain wasn't really writing about racist things in that one. Yes, he used some terms that we now consider racist and that we wouldn't use like just off the cuff. But it's not a really racist novel. Whereas Song of the South is all around racist. So, you, I mean, <laughs> Uncle Waltz, you know, just yeah. like <laughs> happier, simpler times. Yeah, times, times changed, sure. But it was always kind of bad to be racist. So... That's, that's, was, I think that's why they haven't put it out. Poor Uncle Remus was just let you know the the kind white man let him out of slavery now, and now he's just traveling around telling stories to children. Yeah, good times were had by all in the South post Civil War. But what what Disney Plus did let out is their Santa Claus trilogy. So Santa Claus one, two, and three are available on Disney Plus, along with a lot of other timely Christmas classics like Home Alone. Uh, so you can. Check those out on Disney Plus and Wait, download why, them. Wait, why is Home Alone on Disney? They must own the rights. They must have owned the rights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those, oh wait, because like the that later, was made by Touchstone, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and the so later yeah, films yeah. are actually Disney movies, just, uh, like Home Alone Five. I, was, I had to think about it. So I'm like, yeah. Wait a second. Yeah. So it's made the, by. I was and, saying, I'm pretty sure it's made by Touchstone. And that's, I will. Disney company, I will so. um, just say that this is not an ad for Disney Plus. We're not getting paid to shill Disney Plus here. Um, I actually get it for free because I take it from my sister. So <laughs> no one's getting paid great, here by Disney. Be a great way for your sister's account to get shut down and have her get pissed <laughs> they off. Heard, they were like, uh, guy from Blood and Black Rum Podcast. So share sharing password. Your, share, sharing your account. <laughs> we don't condone that. We need our $9.99 a month. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey Mouse has a drug addiction to fuel. <laughs> Um, yeah, but Santa Claus 3 That's is on That's why the Jonas Brothers are back on tour. <laughs> Santa Claus 3 is on there. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. And uh, one thing that I have mentioned, and I think we probably said it in the Santa Claus 2 episode as well, is that as you get further from the Santa Claus, the original, the more cartoonish the Santa Claus series becomes. With Santa Claus 2 having, you know, robot Santa... Uh, Santa Claus 3 now has a Jack Frost character who um, is played by Martin Short. Unfortunately. Who has shown up for the cash. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, th- the films just get more and more cartoonish. And I was saying to you when we were watching Santa Claus 3, I feel like um, the Santa Claus series lost all of its like sort of um, narcissism from the first film. Like that one was a little bit pessimistic. It was a little narcissist. It was it was in the spirit of Christmas, but it also had Scott Calvin to sort of play the foil to those people who were like rah rah Christmas. You well, because you can't have. When have you ever seen Tim Allen just running around overall being jubilant like Santa Claus Three? We just watched it. I know, but I'm just <laughs> I, I'm saying in general. Yeah, I know. He's known for being yeah. you know, I, I just the pessimistic you know sarcastic. And Jackass. I like that because because Santa Claus was sort of you know it was a kids film and kids would enjoy mm. it, but no, 
I'm going to disagree with you on this. Because this is something that actually I came up on the Michael K. Show when we were talking about Home Alone. Not a plug for uh, New York City Sports Talk Radio, but when I was listening to it a couple of day, uh, last week, they were talking about Home Alone. Children or family movie? That's what they were, they were having an argument about, where Don and Michael were saying it was a family movie, and Peter was saying that it's a children's movie. And I think there's a distinction between a family movie and a children's movie. Yeah. Because the Santa Claus and, like, Home Alone, they're family movies. They're family movies. There's things because they're enjoyable for the child, also enjoyable for the parent. And as a parent by yourself, you're probably not going to go on your own to watch it. But while watching it in tow with child, you will more than likely enjoy. Yeah, I agree. I think that. I think that Santa Claus is a chi- is a family movie, not a, not just a child's movie. Santa Claus three and two, child's movie. They're children's movies. Yeah. It, it they're, is. They're, they are not made to be tolerable to the parent. In fact, they might be intolerable. It's like eating a, a slice of cheese and some milk before you go into the movie theater, and you're lactose intolerant. Halfway through, you're sitting there holding your stomach. <laughs> I think I might be sick. <laughs> It was a bad analogy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but the Santa Claus 3, I remember distinctly, I remember seeing this in theaters. I saw the film in theaters. Which is shocking, too. To yeah, think that, that it got a theater, theatrical, a theatrical release. Because everything about it screams direct-to-video. It does. The CGI, the opening credits, the overall story. I think the fact that just because they were able to get either Tim Allen, you know, well, the, fa- the main fact that they were able to get Tim Allen in is what made it a theatrical release because I think if you don't have Tim Allen in there if they like for some reason had to replace Tim Allen as Santa Claus I think it would have been direct to video there's because there's no one else in there that would make you think like this belongs in theaters yeah that's true I mean but they did blow a CGI load on this film not a good CGI but they probably spent a hefty bundle on getting this very generic looking CGI in this movie. So I guess if you're like, we got to make some of that back theatrical. I don't know, but yeah, it is surprising that it got a theatrical release at all. Hell it's all, it's almost close to like a Disney channel movie. Yeah. Level in production. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's how it, terrible it is. It, it, it is very taxing. As you said, it's a, uh, cause by this point, everyone in there, has done direct-to-video. I think even at that point, Martin Short has, too. Mm. I mean, because at that point, Martin Short's career is basically primetime glick is, I think, wrap, wrapping up at that point. So. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Which is an underrated TV show. What would um, what would Tim Allen have done direct-TV by that point? See, I don't think he has. I think, I don't, like I said, I think he's the only one I don't at think that he point. he had had one. Because yeah. Judge Reinhold at that point was already doing oh. He's already doing, like, the Beethoven spin-offs oh, that we're going Lord, to. yes. Yes, now he's not above him. I think probably. I think probably. I just love the. Hold on, time out. I just love the idea that, that like the way you framed that, Judge Reinhold, like two thousand four, is like, yeah, paycheck's a paycheck. Not cut, you know, not getting any big leading man roles anymore. So pretty yep. much. I mean, not long. I'm gonna say either. I think it was not long after this he did Christmas Vacation two. The TV movie, which is probably the epitome of I've hit a hard time. He did Beethoven 3 by that point. Yeah. No, Beethoven. Beethoven, Sorry, 3 or 4. I'm not sure. 
We all, just in general, yeah. They're you're you're better than that, but the the you've fallen on hard times, and you're you're pretty much agreeing to anything. Don't you love at this point still that it's been a couple of years and Disney's still pushing Spencer Breslin? He's gonna be the next big star. Well, Come yeah. on, guys. Come on. <laughs> he had been in what? Um, a, a, quite a few Disney movies at that like, point. Was he in Stuart Little? Yes. Yeah, he was a kid in Stuart Little, right? He was also in a – they had him in a whole bunch of Disney movies at the time too. Yeah, he was like kind of – and then and now in uh, – I don't know if this is, might be have been her first role, but Abigail Breslin shows up in Santa Claus 3 as well, his sister. She's like the little kid that is kind of bookending the film. The first part where she's mm-hmm. asking questions. Yeah, well, you uh, know what? We just got – you just wait till Little Miss Sunshine rolls around. That's it. right. Spencer right. gets left in the dust. <laughs> in fact, I think um, there's a, all, a, you know an APB out on him. Nobody knows where he's at. <laughs> uh, Spencer Breslin. If you're okay, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> Please call in. You know? <laughs> let, let us yeah. know. Like, you know, did you survive being a child actor or, or did you like, you know <laughs> – Find Macaulay Culkin somewhere and, like, you know, you, or, him, and Danny Tamborelli. Or worse, Michael Jackson. Uh, all right, let's take a break for a second for talking about Santa Claus 3. God knows we don't have that much to talk about with that movie. <laughs> we'll take a break from it real quick. And we'll talk about the beer that we've got on the show today, which is new and we've never had it before. Because Martin decided to make a trip down about an hour and a half away. No, it's not that Not far. that long, but it's 45, 50 minutes. And he uh, went to a nice beer store that is apparently a magical place that has all the beers that we don't have here. You know, it's funny. It's um, probably a little bit bigger than Midtown in Johnstown. Mm-hmm. But they just – They have a better selection. Yeah, I mean they just get some – like a lot of stuff I think, that – I think they just – it just moves faster for them probably. Oh, that too. Yeah, which is why they can have a bigger selection. Because they probably have more, you know, bougie people out there. Like sure. you, you know, even though, you know, Ilian's a nice – Working man's town, home of the Remington factory. Yeah. But I, um I would guess that they just move more. And it's kind of like in Amsterdam in our um uh South Side beverage shop. They just move a little bit more. It's like in a better location for where more people are buying um craft beer. Because I mean than, like Naves, like in Glorzell has a decent like selection. But it doesn't move. But it doesn't move. So you gotta always have. Thank, thank <laughs> God, like it. like craft beer started putting like you know expiration dates yeah. on stuff because there's yeah, some like stuff in there. 2016 Christmas you know, beers. Like and it's it's because you know we're alcoholics, so it's like if you see like oh look at that Saranac Winter Pack, it's like wait wait that logo design from 2015. Don't touch that. That's <laughs> it's that's, sad but true that yeah it's four do, years old. Yeah. Don't touch that. Yeah, we do recognize. So That's why t- when I said when I saw the old Fezziwig today, I was like, yeah. and you're like they, they got it. I'm like, oh, because I, I haven't check. seen anything about Sam Adams releasing it in six. And they didn't even have it in like the Sam Adams six packs. They had it in like picked out in an individual and then like the plastic oh. wrapped on top of it. Hmm. Like so they made their own custom six pack out of it. Wow. But it had the new, their, you in know, bottles, the new, the new labels on that they started hmm. doing in the either last winter or spring or whatever. Yeah. Interesting. So, um. You went out there for Jenny Twelve Horse Ale, which That's they did cool. not have. So it was very they had limited a, release. Had, they had a crap ton of the Schwartz beer mm-hmm. and a crap ton of the lemon strawberry cream ale, but they just did not have no, the, the Twelve gra- Horse or any of the newer stuff that they're they've been releasing in limited batches. 
Well, that stuff, that other stuff doesn't get out here. Yeah. That's only like around the greater Rochester area. Cause every time they like release up like some of that really new, nice new like brew house experiments that they release in like four packs or whatever, they don't get like outside of Rochester. Hmm. But yeah, I was upset. I asked the lady and, I, and she was kind of a bitch when I asked her. She's like, can I help you with anything? I was like, yeah, do you got any? No. We're all out. Wow. Maybe she's, maybe they've had so many people ask for it. She's sick of it. We'll get more. Order more. I guess that's it. No, it's not that hard. But I'm going to be really upset if um, it doesn't end up making it out this far because Jenny already said on their uh, website that it's going quick and, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a very limited run. Yep. I'll be really pissed off because I like the 12 horse a lot. Mm. But what you did end up getting was a new – well, I guess it's not technically new. It's new to us. We've never had it before. Never even seen it before. Which is saying something, too, because it's literally an hour, 15 minute drive away from here. I know. That, that we don't get it out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the Amagang Brewery's Neon Rainbows IPA, which is a uh, New England-style IPA, and it's part of their Farmhouse series, which is um, a series that they do. It's sort of like an experimental batch series. Um Something that they wouldn't normally make because, I mean, New England IPAs, you don't really think of uh, the Belgian style that uh, Amagang is known for. It's kind of why the Nirvana always was just really weird to me. A weird line and or a weird beer in their yeah, line. Yeah, because they make such, you know, Belgian styles aren't that popular, to, you know, at least around here to begin with. It's like I, them and Allagash are the only two that, you know, kind of focus on Belgian styles. And then they pump out like a West Coast IPA and you're like... What's this? Yeah. Oh, tastes like a West Coast IPA. That's. I would like <laughs> to see them just keep sticking with the Belgian IPA for their main line because that. Was, I want that's them to bring really back good. the Belgian pale ale. Yeah. You know that's been a good like eight years now that that's been in hiding. But I don't mind that they um they are experimenting and they're calling it the farmhouse series. I'm fine with them experimenting and like you know breweries want to experiment, try different things. They don't want to stick to their the same style they do all the time. It's kind of – especially when you're like doing a Belgian style, you're limited. You're limited to what you're going to be able to put out. So they do the Farmhouse series and um, one of the beers that they're doing in the Farmhouse series is Neon Rainbows IPA. And you, Love the can. Yeah, it's really cool. It's Very a nice vibrant. little uh, – yeah, it's like a geometric can shape. They don't really – you know, there's nothing – there's no graphic or anything to it. It's just the nice diamond – Geometry. Like the, yeah, the Bavarian flag pattern, but instead yeah. of it being blue and white, it's got the nice neon rainbow. And they also – drinking a Nipah is kind of like drinking a rainbow, beer rainbow. Apparently, they also make a neon neon rainbows IPA, which is double IPA as well. I don't think that one really gets out too much. It's probably a small batch series that they do at the, the, yeah, the brewery. At yeah. the brewery. I haven't really seen it out. Uh, but that's a double IPA in the same style. But this one is a, a single IPA with a bunch of hops in it um, that is attempting to make a New England-style tropical IPA uh, element to it. Um, they're using a a variety of hops, including Citra, Mosaic, Simcoe, Centennial, and Topaz. And uh, the, the can even tells you the hopping process. They first hop it with the Citra and the Mosaic, followed by... Topaz and Simcoe. Doesn't mean a whole lot to me because I don't know that I'd be able to pick out like, yep, Citra Hop was the first. Well, you should. By this point, I think we've had smashes of the Simcoe, Citra. No, I mean I mean in the <laughs> brew process being like, mm, yep, I taste that first round of Citra. 
And now, oh, yeah, yep, Topaz no. on the end. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even think I've heard Topaz hot. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but it's a good style. I think they're doing a really good New England-style IPA in this. Um, nice and tropical. Get those notes of pineapple in there. Um, it's a nice, rounded IPA. I would say hoppier than most Nipahs. Yeah? I don't know. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's not juicy, but it, it's definitely got a it's got a little kick to the end of the hop bitterness to it. That's you know, mm-hmm. I think more prevalent than the juiciness of it overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I do think it is a, a good balance. Yeah, six point seven percent. So not it's it's a little bit on the higher end, but uh, still very drinkable, sessionable. I think it's a really good beer. I think oh, they did yeah. a good job. Yeah, I agree. Uh, proliferation of New England IPAs sort of um, makes it hard sometimes to distinguish, you know, one from the other. But they're doing a good job of this. It's a nice experiment for them. Um, I can't wait for next year when the craze is going to be like Montana IPAs. <laughs> Coming from big sky country, Montana style IPAs. You know, I saw that they had another IPA there that we've never had. And what, what was that style of IPA? Do you remember? The farmhouse? Uh, whatever the other one was that was next to this one. Yeah, the Upstate Farmhouse. Yeah. That's, um, we've had that before. That, that was at the Beer Fest. That was just oh, a dry hopped IPA. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't remember, but, uh. Because that's one I know we've had before, but they did have, like, a couple of things there that, like, again, like, I think it's just because they're clo- a lot closer to Cooperstown than we are, but, I mean, even still, we're not that fucking far from Cooperstown. They had, like, um, one of Alma Gang's, like, doubles, but it was a Merlot double. So it was like a double, I think, like Agent Merlot barrels. That's probably something you would greatly enjoy. They had like a, like their Prost Cologne, which was a, a dry hop Kolsch, which sounded really good. They had a dry hop uh, farmhouse Pilsner, too. They all sounded good. I would, I, if it wouldn't have cost like $200 to buy just like five different four packs, I would have gotten them, but you know. Oh, th- that's what it was the Silent Partner IPA. Yeah, oh, that, yeah, I think that was uh, dry hop. Okay. Interesting. We'll have to check those I out think at some point. Maybe the upstate one was just like from up, like local. Yeah, the hop state, I think. Yeah, you're the hop, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, interesting. Just interesting to note that like even though we live so close to them, still haven't seen some of those beers around. Just goes unnoticed. Well, I think it's just because no one around here, like not a lot of people would probably buy it. Yep. A lot of people around here probably are just like, you know, sitting on their Hennepin and Rare Voss for, you know, eons. But we always get it. We get every fucking Game of Thrones beer, though. That is true. Everyone yeah. makes their way here because, you know, Game of Thrones sells. So, yep. But no, it's very good. I would definitely say go try it. Mm-hmm. I would love to. I, I would love nothing more to go see Primus again. Get one of these on tap. Eat a nice gooch while mm. listening to gooch. Listening to you know sounds pretty weird, probably to listeners who don't know what a gooch is. Eat a nice gooch. It's delicious is what it is. Eat a nice that gooch. nice tasty part between the asshole and, <laughs> and balls. Eat a gooch. That's what they do in upstate New York. Eat gooches. I've been really sad that I haven't been there in a couple, like two years now for a concert. Yep. You gotta stop being an old man. Just go. Having kids. When do you think that's? Gonna, <laughs> when do you think it's gonna happen? We'll bring them along. They'll love it. 
I love the lilting songs of Primus. <laughs> All right. I'm well, just, you know what? When Old Crow Medicine Show goes back there, I'll drag you out there for that. We can clap along. <laughs> all right. We're Sorry, on the not, Santa- all our, not all our bands can play at Upstate Concert Hall. <laughs> We're on the Santa Claus 3, the escape clause. Um, Sucks, the end. <laughs> so they keep coming up with these clauses that Santa Claus doesn't know about. So he had, the, you know, the marriage clause and the second he needs one. A lo- he needs a elf that's literally just a paralegal. Well, I f- feel like that should have been Kevin Spacey in the second movie, but. Wait, Kevin Spacey was in the second movie? Yeah. He's oh. the inspector guy, remember? Comes he's inspecting the, uh, you don't remember that at all. We just no, watched I- it last year. You don't remember the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's the uh, inspector that comes and he's kind of like infiltrating and, yeah. Um, yeah, you're right, though. He needs a lawyer because even Bernard doesn't say anything about the escape clause in the first and second film. Especially you know the first what? film. Because you know what? When they made the first one, they were good, honest people who were like, like this ain't coming back. This is, is a this great is thing. One and There's done. no need to tap this cow again. <laughs> one and Disney done. has all of these properties. Listen, Tim Allen's going to be riding that home improvement train for 20 years. That's right. It ain't Richard Carn, he ain't going nowhere. He's going to be. And then by 2005, that tra- train had already been over with, you know. That's because Jonathan Taylor Thomas had already had five DUIs by the <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know that for sure. That's just my assumption from a man with three names as a child star. <laughs> Sorry for the defamation. <laughs> Blood and Black Room Podcast receiving a defamation suit in the mail pretty soon. Jonathan Taylor Thomas has only received yeah. two DW. <laughs> yeah, two DW. Yeah. yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He hasn't gotten the third yet. Don't escalate it. <laughs> we got the one written down to a minor warning. <clears throat> um, Yeah. The Santa Claus 3, though, you're right. He needs a lawyer. Escape clause is nowhere to be seen in the other two films. But all of a sudden, in the Santa Claus 3, when Santa Claus is actually doing a booming business, there's the option for him to just write it out of his life and say, I wish I was never Santa Claus. And just get in some- the most ridiculous manner, you know. Honestly, though, why would you ever agree to that? Because... As we see in the film, it's not even on the cart this time. At least in the second one, they added like they had to ha- break out a magnifying. Oh, that's true. Yeah, there's no know, like business card. You know, yeah, type thing. to see what the you know because they had the Santa Claus and they then were, in this had, one they were like fuck it, fuck it. We have just kids watching, so don't do. They don't even understand the business card. Just, just fuck it. Just say just say it. There's an escape clause. There's no rules anymore to this. No, but the thing I was talking about is. Um, with the escape clause, why would you ever want to do that? Because as we see, Scott Calvin, when he says it, he go, they redo the whole Santa Claus thing, and he misses like 10 years of his life. 10 years of his life, just gone. And he starts in like present day, except he doesn't remember anything that happened within that 10 years where he bought a Ferrari, well, probably had sex with 50 prostitutes. Well, more, <laughs> more than that. Did some blow. Uh, well, yeah, afterwards when he's, like, asking his, like, little manservant, like, 
Like, why are children celebrating Christmas? It's Christmas. Why why are you working Christmas Eve? And the guy's just like, we always work. It's, we always work Christmas You always Eve. make me work Christmas Eve, Mr. Not, not Mr. Scrooge. I mean... <laughs> No, not even. Look, no, you know what? That doesn't even fly. Whoever got Christmas Eve off? Nobody. I will say, I mean, nobody mo- gets Christmas because it's not a holiday. Most of the you time, make it, you, you may get, get out early, early yeah, you but you're early. not, no. But <laughs> as you can see in the film, they're working at like 9 o'clock. Because that's swanky. Because that man's like an overpaid, you know, salary man. He's like, I should have just stayed, you know, been a, stayed it's on a the floor. I butler. Should have just stayed. She should have stayed out on the floor. I took this promotion and it's taken my life away from me. But my question is why would – like you would never want to agree to that. Like say I, I don't want to be Santa anymore. For one thing, he's got like a free ride. Santa's got a free ride. Like, we don't see him paying any mortgage on his North Pole house. Who's even, collecting? Even, I would say even after he's expanded the North Pole by 100 times yeah. at this point. Who's, no one's collecting. Like before it was just a little underground bunker. Now it's like fucking Winter Wonderland. The IRS is not coming up there. They couldn't be bothered because <laughs> they can't find it. <laughs> so you wouldn't want to leave that. But even if you did, if you if you did say, I, w- I don't want to be Santa Claus anymore at all. Apparently at all it is has, the, to, has it, is got the, that phrase specifically at the, all has the, to be in there. That's the dumbest part of that Cause, whole, cause there that could whole be, bit. You could say, I don't want to be Santa Claus, but you could mean like, I don't want to be Santa Claus today. But if you say at all, it means – You'd never want to be Santa Claus again. They should have with the Hall of Snow Globes of Christmas past. They should have all the former Chris Kringles. Like it's like a president's portrait gallery with like their terms of service. Like this this one here is Ivan IV. He served for the longest tenure, 200 (laughs) years before he said, fuck these little shits, I'm out of here. Just like various renditions of it, like Dracula the Impaler. Yeah. He's like, just like, uh, yeah. This was Franz the First, the very first Chris Kringle. He only did it for four years before he said, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah, this was the one... They killed children. <laughs> he didn't last for <laughs> This one's Krampus. The the League of uh, Super uh, fairy, tale. fairy Tale Creatures uh, took him out fast. It's I called. like the Fairly Odd Parents version of that better because that at least has the April Fool. Yeah. And a very bad Jerry Seinfeld impression, which makes it hilarious. <laughs> and the New Year's Baby. Yep. Um, But you wouldn't want to do this. I don't want to be Santa Claus because you don't get to live that part of your life anymore. And so like 10 years have just gone by for Scott Calvin and he goes back in time. 12 years. 12 years. Yeah. And so that part of his life is gone. He doesn't remember it. And then he wakes up to find that he has a Ferrari and a nice swanky pad and, but everybody, but his ex-wife still lives in the house that she won from a divorce from judge Reinhold, which that brings more questions to me. Like what happened between them? Did, she, did Judge Reinhold say one too many goofy things? And she's like, that's it. Yeah, and also, I can't take this why anymore. is Scott Calvin the glue that holds them together? Because he gave her mystery date? Because he gave, he, he gave, gave him the Judge weenie. Reinhold the weenie whistle? <laughs> solidifying his uh, homoerotic is he, is tendencies? He into, is he into cucking? Right. Watch, watching Judge Reinhold yeah. take his ex-wife and he just sits there and cheers him on like, yeah, you do that. You do that's that. That's Santa Claus on his day off. Uh, yeah, I, but, like, I'm, I just find it funny that like out of all the things, they're like she still lives there though. 
Still yeah. lives there. Well, there's a lot of funny things like that the uh, secret Santa snow globe area doesn't have a password change or a, a you know a special <laughs> a new you know because obviously Jack Frost knows he had to go do this find the snow globe go back in time become Santa Claus he'd be like the first thing I'm gonna do is change is change, the, the, change the combination on the secret Santa snow globe thing oh uh, you didn't uh, you really didn't think it through because he made it like. You just pay to fucking go to the North Pole. What's the chance of Scott Calvin, who it is before it was saying it was this rich CEO yeah. exec at a toy company? $60 billion Michael yeah. Bloomberg. Yeah. <laughs> so basically what he is, yeah. swooping on in, like, you know, getting this back. I know. I will say that I think that the going back in time to the Santa Claus movie is probably the best part of this film. And I even wish they had done more. Huh? Even though it's two minutes long? Yeah. I wish they had done more with actually going back and like revisiting the original Santa Claus because when you it, – it's kind of funny too because when you see the clips from the original Santa Claus and you see the sardonic manner of Tim, Tim Allen. Allen in that film compared to the very cartoonish over-the-top Tim Allen of the Santa Claus 3, you're like, man, I wish I was watching that movie. I want more <laughs> yes. of that one. It is true. You kind of you start you start the you start the pine for you know to watch the original. Yeah. But by this point, you're ten minutes away from the ending, so you're kind of like, well, I might as well sit through the rest of this fucking thing. If I had the secret Santa snow globe, I would have been. I wish that I could go back to the regular Santa Claus <laughs> instead of watching the Santa Claus three. Yeah, I want to watch the little girl who puts out the lactose intolerant milk for Santa because he. <laughs> Bitched her out last year. Yeah, it's it's. I wish it's too bad that they did not do more with the actual going back in time because could, I think you could have totally Back to the Future to it and made yeah, like that, like a nice fun romp. But I I don't think they had enough creative discs for such things. Yeah, actually, what they want, what they did instead was they just made this film way over the top, cartoony, whimsical, with a lot of. Just child uh, stuff in it. Very, you know, if you think about the original Santa Claus and the way that the North Pole was structured, yes, it was magical. It looked nice. But it wasn't, as my wife said, overwhelming to look at. She said she was actually giving, she's getting anxiety from I mean, watching Santa I, Claus she 3. She said it succinctly because I was like, it's kind of how I feel watching it. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, there's just too much shit going on, like, you know, in each frame of the shot. Like, just consistently, you're being bombarded by by these images that have no... busy. Nothing to do with what's going on. Set designers, though, honestly, were, like, put to work on this one. You're like... It's funny, though, like, how some of it, like, you can tell a lot of it's, like, honest, like, they built a town... For the set. Yeah. But it's funny how they made some of it to look like it's like, man, some of those like poles and stuff they have look like really shitty CGI because they got that like pastel, like, like like some of it looks good. Some of it looks really cheap. Yeah. Like the I would say the building designs, the the exteriors look very cheap. They look like they don't go anywhere. So you open the door. There's nothing there. It's you you open it up into cardboard. 
It's like you go into a like a Western town thing where it's just like it's just like the front cut out. Yeah, the like, frame of it. Yeah, yeah and, like, and that's it. That's that's all. You, that's all you get. That's what that sort of looks like in this one. They, oh, that's, you know, that's what they should have done. Stole that from Blazing Saddles, where they re- build the model town like to yeah. trick the bad guys. Well, that's basically they what done, they do. Do, do that this, with the ca- the whole Canada thing. Like we're going to yeah. build a model Manitoba ski lodge. Yeah. Yeah. This you know. this model town is Canada, which. Where in Canada? Where, where are we? Well, Canada's a town. Not just a nation, yeah. but it's a whole, whole, just like, the whole town of Canada. Yeah. Luckily, Carol's parents are so dumb that they're just like, we're going to Canada. I like I like that her father is such a hard ass because it really makes her being such a frigid bitch in the second movie just like, you know. That much more believable. Uh, make, makes sense. They're all a bunch of, you know, tight wads. And that's why the wife's like, I'm looking for some strange on the side in Canada. That's They're both looking. Look, both of them are looking for strange. Alan Arkin is looking to get with a black woman. Never, never happened before. <laughs> he didn't know they experiment. were up in Canada. Yeah, he thought you know he thought it was only the Great White North up there. He's looking to experiment, <laughs> and then she's looking for uh, a uh, Smash Mouth lead singer stand-in <laughs> or Kathleen, Chef Kathleen Burrell or whatever her name is from the Food Network. Uh, she, she has a uh, very spiky hair like Martin Short in this one. Either way, they're both looking for strange. In this, and they both, you know that, you know what? They're they're old enough. They're like, you know, we've been together for forty years now. We've seen it all. Yeah, I love Let's his. Ed, I sometimes. love his Ed Gein look too. Just like the whole flannel hat, cap and you know, I know he does like, have a very uh, stereotypical like. Which is funny Hunter. too, because the way the way he dresses and stuff, and like where they go to, it's like they're from like Minnesota or whatever. It looks like how the hell do you not know anything about Canada? It looks like you're right on the border with them. <laughs> Yeah. And I like too that their comparison to Canada, like, where have you been to Canada? No, but we've been to Rochester. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You've been to Rochester, New York. Somewhat north. <laughs> Somewhat north. That's it. It should have been like, oh, we went to the Kodak plant. What? Remember that, kids? Kodak? I, I that actually kid? think that Alan Arkin might be some of my favorite moments in this film, though, because he just seems so uninvested in everything. It, it, like, they play it off like that's his character. Like, he's uninvested in stuff around him, but he also just seems, like, totally not interested in this movie at all. Just well, saying like, his line. Literally like just, just stumbled saying upon lines. the set. Yeah. They're like, what's Alan Arkin doing here? He's just, let him go. Let him go. He's Most of the time, he's just like, wow, huh? the North Pole. Wow, Santa. <laughs> just very nonchalantly just... Amazed. My daughter's giving birth in a in a broom closet. I don't know what the direction was there. Maybe it, that was the intent, but it really just seems like he's totally. I mean, to the film's benefit, he fe- seems like he's totally disinterested. Well, you know what? When he gives that, like, oh, when he they all when both those two dumbasses put two and two together that they're at the North Pole and Santa's workshop, he gives that look of like amazement, like of like you seen the meme with the kid like with the blonde bowl cut hair from the. Late 80s, early 90s, going like, wow, who made the make-believe? <laughs> That's kind of the look he gives, you yeah. know, when he's like, finds out that he's at the North Pole, and he's like, I'm the father-in-law to Father Christmas! Wow! Yeah, it's great. I love Neato. it. Neato! It's probably my favorite part of this movie. It's the only interesting part. Martin Short. They ruined Judge Reinhold. They, yeah, Judge Reinhold here is like, He's he's like 
when he gets the weenie whistle in the first film, except that's him. That magic never wore 100%. off. Scott, S- Scott's got him in a state of you know, uh, trance the entire yeah, time. Yeah, it's like 100% yeah. of the time, that's that's him. And it's way over the top. He's not utilized enough. And then she has the just most trashy velour blue <laughs> jump jacket on. Blue? That looks like green to me. It's like a teal, I guess. I look like a forest green to me. Whatever. Maybe Laura, I'm colorblind. Her name, Laura. Laura has just a terrible velour jacket on. And that's pretty much her presence. Delightful, too. It's very, velour jacket. Very, you know, shoulder intense and, you know, thick, thick collar. They get frozen for like half the movie. So you have you really have to question. where What happened to Charlie, too? Yeah, he just disappeared. He went to <laughs> go try to grow a mustache. What, what happened to young Christopher from The Sopranos? Yeah. He, just, he just disappeared. He only shows up for a couple moments, but yeah, he looks know, like he's he was pedaling up, on the side. I know, but he was up there the entire time, and it's like, where the fuck did Charlie go? I just love him now. That's like he's pedaling Tim pixie sticks. Tim Allen ain't hey. got time for Charlie anymore. Yeah. He's like, okay, look, kid. Hey, you, you guys want pixie sticks? <laughs> Christopher, what are you doing? <laughs> you gotta wonder what Michael Lembeck was thinking when he put, when he decided that he was gonna freeze Judge Reinhold for like half the film. Like, why not let Judge Reinhold <clears throat> be Judge Reinhold? Maybe Tim Allen said, "Listen, I'm the one man comedy train." Maybe you don't need Judge Reinhold stealing my goddamn spot. Actually, almost everybody is sort of most of the main cast is sort of pushed aside. For Tim, uh, Allen, Tim Martin Allen and Martin Short. Even um, Elizabeth Mitchell, who should be probably a main feature in this movie because she's having a baby. Nope, she's just woman with baby. And she, that, she's that, very annoying woman with baby. Stop well, not like that. that what, <laughs> what pisses me off about is just like how – like I hate – this is the thing I hate in movies. Like how they just – how magical and whimsical, especially in like Disney movies. Like, oh, she's pregnant. How whimsical. And like, oh, the people are gawking and looking at her. And she's like, oh, yes, I'm pregnant. A baby's coming out of my vagina. Tim Allen nutted it to me. This is how that happened. Fat old Santa heaved himself up on me one <laughs> night and was too lazy to pull out and just <clears throat> and passed out. Right. And then this when, is how this happened. When, and then you got all the elves just gawking at her, like, that swims a call. When she's going into labor, no one is, like, slipping on her, you know, fluids. No no wonder why Christians find, you know, you know, sex to be, like, and, taboo. Because they just think of that, like, that's how that happens. We don't want to think about that. That's actually pretty bad, you know. Uh, honestly, this is the perfect movie to have her water break, have the elves, like, scrambling, running <laughs> over the water, it's, and having that slide whistle. <laughs> Like Scooby Doo, like yeah, yeah, or like skidding to a halt, like <laughs> on her, you know, it's her amniotic fluid, yeah, her just, amniotic fluid, just yeah, none of that happens. She just has, nicely has the baby. No, none of that screaming. I can't believe I let you fuck me. <laughs> Santa! None, 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 none of the telling, like, yes, yeah, she tore from her vagina to her asshole. You know. What a present. She's got she's got stitches. Luckily they dissolve now, you know. Um 
Her first request <laughs> after giving birth was for a fucking burrito and a <laughs> bottle of uh, Yellowtail because she hasn't been able to drink for nine months. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she has been. They're drinking a awfully alcoholic-looking Coke. beverage. Well, let's say cocoa is the euphemism for like when they're – Yeah, have you, have you been in the Coke? Oh. I think that means Coke. Have you been in the cocoa, <laughs> Tim? <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. This You're right. No, you're right because when they they were sipping, you said it looked like a hot toddy. It does. It looks like a hot toddy. That's what, you know, and they're doing a toast and everything. Maybe she is. She's partaking a little bit and she's she's under the assumption that a little bit of alcohol won't hurt that baby. It's got a, it's half elf baby, so it's and also it would have been, gra- been great if the baby came out and was like aliens, like, ah! <laughs> you know, I don't know what the, yeah. So like you were saying, you know, Santa has a bunch of magic that we don't ever get to see in we, this film. We do in the second one. Cause yeah. there's like a whole bunch of, you know, ma- like, yeah. Magic he, happening all over the place. And this one, he doesn't really like, you know, you would think he would just like th- throw some magic dust in the air and it would all be Canada. <laughs> We'd have moose all over the place, but and beaver, but no, <laughs> no magic in this one. No magic to well, because they can't do the whole moose thing. Cause they wasted uh, using the reindeer in the second one nah, so much. Cause the animatronic reindeer, yeah. because they fucking pissed away all the fart noises. We only, <laughs> only got that twice this time, you know. Yeah, the, and uh, filling little sounding <laughs> reindeer. You know, do you they, think? Thank that, God they got rid of that. They only had that once in here. Do you think that uh, Santa was able to use his magic to? Uh, Create an epidural for uh, no, no, Mrs. He, Claus. Tim Allen don't give a shit about that. <laughs> He's like, it's not an elf baby unless you suffer through it. <laughs> she probably didn't get any presents that year. She's naughty. You can't yeah, have a baby without being naughty. No, but it's in marriage. Oh, so it's okay. It was in wedlock. It's not it's bastard, okay. So it's okay. It's okay. The elves are happy about it. <laughs> Um, I was going to say, it was the second one where Charlie was on the naughty list, right? So, yeah, second one. Okay. Yeah, That's where he's like spray painting graffiti and shit like that. Being a, a terrible you. That's like, yeah. But, I, was, I was thinking about that was the third one too. Like, Which, by the way, when Santa gives him that snowboard for Christmas, well, Santa sucks. One, snowboards aren't toys. Two, didn't get him bindings or boots either, which also cost like $500 on top of that snowboard. Hey, Dad, thanks for that snowboard. There's no bindings for me to clip into so I can ride it down the mountain. So, uh, uh, um, you suck. That's it's true. That, that's what should have happened in that conversation. <laughs> Santa, you suck. Um, well, the other thing is that, you know what, Do, him doing graffiti certainly could lead to him becoming a uh, mobster later on in life. Maybe in Santa Claus. Yeah, I mean, if, he, if he's not Christopher from The Sopranos, he looks like young Ray Liotta in Goodfellas. <laughs> like, you know, blowing up trucks. Like, you can get your lucky strikes. That's, that's buy, what he's... Hey, buy some lucky strikes. That's what he's doing. Like, that's why we don't see him throughout the whole film. He's selling lucky he's strikes. He's got his own secret life as well. He's selling lucky strikes cigarettes and guys are going... Yeah, they haven't made these since the 70s. Where the fuck are you getting these lucky strikes? You know, and he's like, don't worry about it. You know what actually happens? He turns into Jim Belushi and Jingle All the Way, selling the uh, illegal uh, <laughs> Turbo, Turbo Man. Man dolls. This is what he's doing on the side. He's like he's like having the Elvis make like shitty ones. Fun fact about uh, Jim Belushi and Jingle All the Way doing that. He's actually undercover. Him, he's canine cop in that one. <laughs> yeah, too. he is. Yeah. It's full circle. Full circle. <laughs> 
Um, one thing we didn't talk about in Santa Claus 3 is that the music is just ah, over the place. Just so many whistles and wood blocks and jingle bells and xylophone chimes and gongs and fucking every scene like every scene is cluttered with this Spielbergian whimsical it's so grating rumor is that the percussion uh, area of the orchestra took home 1.3 million dollars from this That was the that, that was the budget. That, that was the budget. There was just, like, went, just went, went to the xylophone player. Yeah. Like, <laughs> rumor has it too, he's still playing to this day. No one told him to cease and desist. He's like, gotta fill out that score. <laughs> it's so abrasive. It's really like it's actually so, so you don't think about it sometimes until you're like sort of watching a movie critically, but it's so in your face that it's hard to concentrate on like everything else in the dialogue that's happening at the same time. Compile, you know, pile that with the sound effects that are just like, yeah, it's very, they should have just made it there. That's the route they were going to go. Just make a fucking cartoon version, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause it's so like, just annoying. It's very taxing to the ears. I think this is like, the Santa Claus 2 was sort of like that, but I think this is even further. It's, it goes even further. Like, Santa Claus 2 was working towards the um, sound effects, but then Santa Claus 3 is just like all all over the place, all the time. Because they know, like, you know what dumb kids like? <laughs> just throw in a bunch of sound, random what? sound effects. They, they love that penny they whistle. ADHD by now. Yeah. Sound effects. Um, and the other funny thing is that when we go back in time to the original Santa Claus, they add sound effects to it. So it show like <laughs> it even so you're like, wow, like, why do they add sound effects to I this? I don't remember Santa sliding down to a penny whistle off the <laughs> roof of the Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then at the end. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great after he fell off. They add the prices right, you losing theme. Like, bum, bum, ba dum. <laughs> and then a picture of his soul just dripping off into space. Speaking of which, poor, poor previous Santa gets to relive three different times. Dying. Falling off the roof to his yeah. death. You think he'd learn. Like, oh, yeah. he's up there, like, gripping, like, <laughs> like for dear life, just, yeah, like, like what, shimmying has, across yeah, the roof. The third time, he actually went out and bought, like, those climbing boots that have, like, the uh, the pegs in the front. So he's, like, <laughs> on, he latched onto everybody's rooms. Are fucking, he's everybody's actually got wearing, a re-shingle. He's actually, <laughs> he's actually wearing a harness, too, yeah. for every Chino to go... <laughs> People come out at Christmas Day. They're like, "What the fuck happened to the roof?" Hey, Santa adopted OSHA. He's like, "Listen, I, there's, there's, you know, there's OSHA violations I've been committing for the past couple of years." So uh, Santa got himself a harness and a lanyard to attach himself. To, the fire department the, accompanies him, just in case. Defibrillator. I love too when you think about it too from the original Santa Claus. Fucking old comet was just sitting there looking at Santa. <laughs> Bye, fucker. Laughing yeah. at you know, laughing at him falling to his death. Yeah, comet's not really phased at all. Here we go again. Yeah, new, new one. Another asshole. New owner. <sighs> so let's talk about. We haven't talked about really Martin Short at all in this. 
Yeah, we really haven't. So let's let's divulge in, into the delightful little imp himself. I mean, Martin Short is is always kind of fun. I think that he just, you know, a lot of his uh, abilities are squandered in this movie. He gets a little bit of it. Um, like when he's uh, kind of waxing about hot chocolate. It's really nice. Uh, he gets to have like sort of that improvisational element that he does pretty well. I hope that none of this was improv. No, I mean, but I pray that everything was written for me. But <coughs> please don't make me say this. But, and there but I you say can it. you can see like in some of those scenes where he could he could stand out, but I think he's he's you know sort of boxed in by the the rest of the script. There's really nothing for him to do except you know what he's given, and it's not good. He's he's really limited on, you know, I guess they don't let him go too over the top. You know, he's sort of confined into this. Even though his role is completely cartoony. Yeah. His look, you know, his look and delivery and it's, how. It still feels like they were like, you know, Martin, take it down three notches here. You know, and, and I, I, they should have just let him, you know, go just do Martin short. You know, just, you know, have fun with the character. It's a great squandering of him. Yeah. I do love Martin Short. I do think he's really funny. Um, and he definitely has a very manic, comedic style. And I don't think, especially because I don't I don't think the child, like the kid's movie formula kind of works as well to it. Because he's got to play, you know, because he's so manic and all over the place. But at the same time, he's kind of got to slow it down a couple of notches. To make sure, like all the kids at home, did you get that? Did you get? Did you right, get that? Yeah, you know? right, yeah. They didn't want him to go too over the top because, you know, he just. It, I don't know. It just is not something that they. You know, there's so much happening elsewhere that yeah, if you had Martin Short going over the top too, you might be just lost in all of the stuff that's happening. But um, there are scenes where that you know it sort of is occurring, but you can see that they've sort of pared him down a little bit. Um, and I don't know. I just, it could have been so much more with Martin short and especially with Tim Allen playing off of each other. If you watch the gag reel, you know, you can see them playing off of each other a little bit in the gag reel and, and, you know, getting a little bit more, um, I don't know, comedic with each other and being able to, you know, work with each other. I think they could have good, you know, they could, yeah. could have good chemistry. The chemistry w- could be there, but it's just, I don't know. They just limit it. They don't let it go as far as it it could go, and part of that is just trying to pare this down to be a children's movie where you don't that, have a lot of gags. I think that and the fact they have like five different plot lines running through this ninety minute film meant for kids. Like, did you have to have the parents come, the in laws coming up? We're having a baby plot line, the Santa Claus escape clause, you know, plot line. Then the Jack Frost, and then the meeting of the. All the soup, you know, the supernatural people. Yeah, there's like five different plot. There's, if there's they a tri- lot going on, like I, I honestly don't think I don't think you had to have the baby plot line. I think that was totally unnecessary. I honestly, I think if they actually just it, make the story focused on the escape clause, and then Tim Allen having like such a shitty t- time this year. That Jack Frost being envious of this and wanting that being, you know, and playing off of that, I think that that's enough. You don't have to have, like, the in-laws and the trouble with the wife and all that. I, there's just, again, there's way too much going on plot-wise in a kid's film where 
It just needs to be simple. Yeah. And that way it would give you a lot more time to have banter between Martin Short and Tim Allen throughout it. And that would also give you perfect time, too, to, like, spend, like, a third of the, at least a third of the film going back to the Santa Claus 1, revisiting that, you know, more like Back to the Future 2. Yeah, I mean, I I wish they would do that. And to be honest with you, Tim Allen and Martin Short don't actually share that many scenes together. They're not... you know, Martin Short is more like being nefarious to other people. And they're not really in many scenes together until the very end when they go back in time. So if they had let that happen a little bit more um, and given better reason for Jack Frost to just be hanging around the North Pole. Well, not only that, too, him being nefarious and doing all that stuff, most of the stuff that he does being nefarious, does he even like bog Santa down and like, I don't want to be Santa? So, like, all that stuff that he's doing, like, I'm going to fry the cocoa maker. <laughs> you know, that doesn't do anything. Like, doesn't move the plot forward. Mm-hmm. It's just like an event that happened. Ten minutes gone for no reason. Yeah, I mean, and that just keeps occurring. I mean, that stuff, you know, they just keep doing that. I don't know. I just feel like they could have done a lot more of Martin Short, had him, you know, do a little bit more of his shtick. It would have been better than whatever they get from this. Where they sort of limit him what he what he does. At the end, there they do bring him back his like sort of his visage with the uh, elf ears, and it <laughs> looks really really strange. <laughs> it's elf elf version of Marv Albert. Yeah, it's really I don't know. It's odd looking. You know the, how they have him with his little his hair slicked over to the side. It was really creepy too. There was a child's hug that warmed his soul. Well, to be honest with you, the Santa I Claus expect, 3... I expected Chris Hansen to come walking. Yeah. Like, the Santa Claus 3 does have sort of that weird oddness, especially as they're trying to convince Carol's parents that they're in Canada at a <laughs> factory that Scott runs that is basically run by child slaves. Like, the, I was saying, the best case scenario is that he's enlisting child slaves, like Apple. <laughs> the worst case scenario hey, is that he's a pedophile who has like sort of groomed all of these kids to be a, his little cult. It's, yeah, it's a yeah. cult. That or they're his children, and he's like, "Your daughter's my fortieth wife. <laughs> yeah, she's my fo- the fortieth lady to take on the duty of being queen of my harem." It's just, I mean, I obviously it's not meant to be realistic, but obviously it's just disturbing how you could view that as a person, as a realistic person going into the North pole and seeing all this happening. And you're like, what the fuck is going on here? This isn't Canada. Yeah. I I love the idea. Like, Oh, all Canadians are this like this. And it's like, you know, the NHL is in America, right? In fact, there's most of them are American teams. I mean, a good portion of the players are Canadians. I, Last time I checked, I don't remember Wayne Gretzky being four foot two, you know, <laughs> skating across. Yeah. Um, I think that's it for me. Yeah, I think we touched on pretty much everything. Can you think of anything else? That's about it. That's about it. That's, you know, Santa Claus threes. Where's Judy? Where's Bernard? Yeah, Bernard is a surprising. Is it because he's too old now? Like I said, I think it was numbers. <laughs> You know, the could associate himself with the forty to fifty year old female bracket in two thousand six was calling, and numbers was its. I just love the fact ticket. that twenty years later, these they just keep shitting out these generic procedural shows, and people are still like, "This is so great." 
Well, well numbers that, was that at the time. Well, I, NBC, you know, NBC's canceled Law and Order like nine years ago. Got to have Dick Wolf come back and come up with a different procedural. Whatever the hell it's called now. <laughs> or did that get canceled already? No, they got I know like Chicago and shit like that. Because no, I know they did ha- di- uh, last football season. Every time watching it, Dick Wolf from the mind of Dick Wolf. Dick Wolf comes. Surprised the man is still alive. Know how old he is, but I I was really upset when they canceled Law and Order. I mean, granted, after the, the past couple of seasons weren't that good because Sam Waterston took a step down. He wasn't an ADA anymore. He was DA, so that means he wasn't you know. Actually, in the courtroom, he was doing the politicking, and he, that means he just didn't get as, as much time. <laughs> you, you laugh. I'm laughing at this how this conversation went from Santa Claus 3 to Law and Order. Because <laughs> Law and Order is a lot better than. <laughs> All right. We got talk about the seasons with Jerry Orbach and Benjamin Bratt for days. <laughs> we got to rate the Santa Claus 3. Um, so. Out of 10. On a scale of out of ten uh, red-haired devil children, and be Lucy, <laughs> Lily, whatever her name is, Lucy, yeah, Lucy, Lucy, the red-haired devil lady, literally the red-headed stepchild of the group. That's true. Uh, what would you give the Santa Claus Three Escape Clause? I'd give it a four out of ten. This is a dreadful film. <laughs> it doesn't have a reason to exist. The CGI is awful. The acting's terrible. The story's terrible. It is a very taxing film to go through because of the how obnoxious the acting, the storyline, and the score is throughout. Um, if I recall correctly, I didn't greatly enjoy the Santa Claus two at all. At least that had the scene with Molly Shannon and and it to be, you know, somewhat delightful. This film has no joy. There's nothing whimsical to be found about it. Just watch the first fucking Santa Claus. Don't even ever bother with the other two. That's true. This is, like, not even for curiosity's sake or completion's sake. Just stay away. Because the Santa Claus is a true classic. This film is... Garbage. It's probably hard to stay away from the Santa Claus 3 because they just play it all the time on, like, Disney Channel. This is, like, you know, instead of the rights, to getting the rights to, well, they have the rights, but instead of wasting time playing Santa Claus, they just play Santa Claus 3 over and over. They're probably like, ooh, it's too risque. Maybe. Santa, Santa talking about a panzer? That's talking about Nazis. We can't have that. I guess so. Um, I would give this film... I guess I'd give it a five. I think it's, you know, there are a couple moments where it shines through and, and there there's a, a modicum of enjoyment there. But for the most part, it's a really, um, it's a really, really wasted effort. The, the, I think that the thing that really bothers me about it is that the idea of Jack Frost trying to switch with, um, Santa Claus and going back in time is solid. I th- I think that's that's something that they could have used, but the way that they go about it and the messiness that the plot is, it's just so wasted. Uh, especially when you have so so many um, people in this film that could carry it too. 
especially with Martin Short as Jack Frost. Just, Tim Allen doesn't even get a chance to really to nothing really nothing because he's too busy going. Come on, guys, Christmas. <laughs> let's all let's Christmas. all just be together. Come on, let's all just be yeah. for Christmas. I'm, I really miss the sardonic Tim Allen that we get from the, that we see in the original Santa Claus footage for in this film. You know where he's like you know. Talking about the, how big the pants are and shit like that. Like that I miss. And I wish that they had not gone such a childish route uh, for the sequels. And like this is – if you didn't like the Santa Claus 2, then this is even more of a distillation of that cheesy child cartooniness. This is – this film is the film you get on VHS to pop in and like – Fucking watch this while I go do some shit. And then you record scrambled porn over it accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> Something. Yeah. You know. uh, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just a, a disappointment. I, and, you know, it makes sense why the Santa Claus series ended here. People were just like, you know what? <laughs> I think this is run out of steam. You know, where do we go from here? Um. And, and Sarah, I think Tim Allen's death, he gets Charlie hires a hitman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the mob. Santa Claus 4. The mob. Starring Ray Liotta. <laughs> I'm the Santa. There's a, yeah, I mean, or, you know, we didn't talk about that hideous fireplace that has Santa's face. It's like an at, Easter Island, like, you know. Yeah, the, the statue, Easter Island statues. Visage of, yeah. That's what I said. You know, a, a better movie would have been, you know, and they sort of did this in Santa Claus too, but that was Robot Santa. But in Santa Claus 4, they could have had, you know, Santa Claus who's really run away with his own image. And he's, like, become this sort of dictator who's, well, like, you know. Well, they kind of did that, though, with. With, uh, yeah, the Santa Claus 2, they made a robot no, Santa. No, 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 but also with Martin Short, because that's what he basically does. True, is, he know. does do that. I, w- I would have rather have gone a very much more serious route. Uh, it, actually, more of an exploitation route, where he has, like, female slaves on an island. You get to you see know, Christmas, Judy, yeah. Judy all grown up and smoking, smoking cigarettes. Yeah, like Chris, she, on a Christmas island, female slaves. No. Santa Claus erecting a giant Santa Claus with a big dong. But a great sexploitation movie. <laughs> so that's yeah, and that's it. That that concludes our Santa Claus trilogy. May they never come out with another one. Maybe we'll just revisit the next. I mean, next year we'll just be like, we're gonna do the first Santa Claus again. We need some enjoyment. Yeah, there. so much fun. We're gonna do the first Santa Claus again. You know, we need to do Jingle All the Way too with Larry the Cable Guy. That doesn't exist. Yes, it does. Yeah, yes, it does. No, it doesn't. Uh, yeah, it does. No, it doesn't. Oh, yeah. Is Phil Hartman in it? <laughs> no, Phil Hartman was dead. <laughs> it's the joke that never ends on the show. Phil Hartman's dead. I hate to break it to you, but yeah, Phil Hartman's dead. No, he's dead. He's murdered. Yeah, I'm sorry. So he, was, he will not be joining Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> I know that's a thing. I just don't want to. Yeah. I, I can't I do it. I have seen it one time. I can't do it. I, I can't do it. Because if we do that, then, then I'm going to make it mandatory that we do Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer. <laughs> That's fine. I don't mind doing Grandma Got Ran Over by you're a Reindeer. You're going to. You're I, going to. I, st- I do need to see it. You, you're going to greatly mind. I need to see it. It's going to be the longest 70 minutes of your life. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, yeah. So, so Tim Allen, after this big success, what's he do? Parlay this into one of his other um, home improvement style spinoffs of "I'm the Gruff Dad," Last Man Standing. Yeah, 
Yeah, that just get canceled. When, was this after Christmas with the Cranks? No, this is before Christmas. Before with Christmas with the Cranks? So you went into Christmas with the Cranks? I don't know what else he did. You know, I, I haven't really, really followed Tim Allen besides his Christmas movies, to be honest with you. Uh, but yeah. I, I would see Santa Claus 4 if it was Tim Allen and then Richard, Richard Carton shows up, you know. Hot off of uh, Family Feud. And a Wilson appearance? No, just Richard Carn. Just Richard Carn. I think Wilson's dead. Oh. I think. Probably. I don't know. No, I'm getting close. Yeah. Um, all right, so that concludes our first Festivus episode. Um, next time, we are going to do, I think it's going to be Black Christmas. You're going to have to see if it comes around to you. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> if it's in theaters and near us, We'll see Black well, Christmas uh, and well, then do... Let's rephrase that. Because it, it does come out this week. It comes out Friday, right? Yes. Black 20- Friday. Yeah, 28th. Um, if it's not around here, we'll go see it. But it won't be this week. It'll have to be like the week after. Right, yeah. It might, it might not be this week. But if it is local, we will go see it. And it, will be, and it will be this coming episode. Yeah. yeah. So it's hard to say exactly what's going to be on the docket for the next episode. Well, you know what? Joker's head's run. They can kick it off. Kick it out of the theater at the movie parks. I, I think I, I would assume that, John, that our theater will get this movie. It's a Blumhouse movie. I don't see why they wouldn't get it. They've had all the other ones. You never know, though. But you never, you're right. You never know, so we will have to see. I want to see Jojo Rabbit. Well, you know what? I got to go to Albany for that. Yeah. We're just going to have to see. And I can't find any information on whether it's it's actually going to be there. They they haven't, like, put anything no. out for it, so. Did you, did you say, someone on Facebook was, um, I saw a post saying that they're looking to, a guy on Facebook was saying he's looking into reopening the Emerald. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, according to Fandango, oh wait, this is Fandango. Yeah, according to Fandango, on Friday they do not have Black Christmas. That's not a good sign. So, I think that with the other Blumhouse ones, because they're more, they were especially Halloween, more well-known titles. Black Christmas is, uh, yeah, and they th- still- in spite of what you slasher horror films uh, geeks might think, pre- pretty niche. Yeah, I am not seeing it on the showtimes. So listen, if they couldn't get Death Wish in, <clears throat> and that's a classic American. <laughs> so you, you laugh, but you know it to be true. So subject to change, but I don't see it on there. So we'll have to. I don't know. We'll have to figure this out. I don't know. It may or may not be happening. For so the if it's not time. Black Christmas. So what's the other option for the time being? Probably. We could do either Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 5, or we could do Gremlins. I want to save Gremlins for closer to the holiday season. Okay. Okay. It's actually a holiday movie. Well, yeah, I mean, they all are, but... This is a holiday movie? For whom and for what? <laughs> Arguably, Gremlins is not that Christmassy. Then why are we doing it? I mean, it, I, what, it, it is set around Christmas. I'm just saying, you said you want to save it for closer to the holiday, but it's not that Christmassy. 
Then you know what? Why don't we do what I've been pitching for the past three years? Why don't we do Honor Majesty's Secret Service? That actually is a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas movie. It takes place on Christmas. Blofeld gives presents to his his little angels of death. That's what he calls them. But how would you rank the amount of Christmassiness with the decorations and such in the movie? It's very, up, yeah. very Christmassy. Once they're in Switzerland, yes. Hmm. Interesting. Pease Gloria is decked out in... Uh, Blofeld's Lair at Pease Gloria has a giant Christmas tree with all the lights. There's a Christmas festival going on throughout the ski resort area where Bond's getting chased through. It's a part of the story. Hmm. Maybe we will do it then. I would love nothing more to do on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Okay. We'll see. All right. Thank you for listening to our Festivus Series Episode 1. Uh, we'll be back next week with a new episode. Not sure what it is yet. <laughs> that uh, should be that, that. By the way, that should be our. Uh, it's been a long time since we've had a a set set schedule of not just during series, but like just like a set idea of like what, what we're, we're going to do. Yeah, yeah. So you know, not sure what we're going to do next. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, thanks for listening. We're we're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Podbean, whatever you listen to podcasts on, we're on it. So subscribe to us, leave us, us a nice review. Uh, we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash blood and black rum podcast. We're on Twitter at blood and black rum. We um, have a uh, an email address at blood and black rum podcast at gmail.com. And as always, you can donate to us on our Patreon at patreon.com slash blood and black rum podcast. Helps us with hosting fees and stuff like that. So anything that you can donate uh, is really appreciated. Thanks for listening. Uh, we're going to continue the Festivus series all December long. So stay with us if you like Christmas movies or if you, even if you don't like Christmas movies. We'll probably make some fun of some as well. So stick with us and thanks for listening. Happy Thanksgiving all. Go Buffalo. <laughs>